You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron podcast channel, coming at you in a dream state, a lucid, wonderful Bears dream, as they have walked into Foxborough, a place where no young quarterback returns unscathed, and walked out with a shockingly dominant 33-14 to win. Apparently, Lester, who's my guest this week uh bill belichick must not have been kidding when he spent seven <laughs> minutes talking up the chicago bears and you almost have to wonder whether his team should have listened how are you feeling about all this that was a hell of a win i mean that's what you want to see out of, your, out of out of the young quarterback justin fields he had a great game you know the the offensive line had a pretty good job they gave us some sacks you know but as far as the run game goes they were making holes the defense came through. This was a, a Coach Eberflus style of a win right here for the Bears. You know, you say that, Lester, but when you say Coach Eberflus style win, I know I would think defense, running the ball, and keeping the score low. But 33 points does not speak to that. This was this was like a new age. Honestly, I hate to say it in such simple terms. It was like a graduated 2022 version of a Lovey Smith win where we saw designer quarterback runs. We saw aggressive offense when it needed to be. We saw some dynamic quarterback play. We saw multiple third and longs converted, multiple third downs converted over or like easily the most of the season. We saw a smart coach ask his offensive coordinator to go get him field goals when the Bears were in second, third, and long situations, and Cairo came in and converted. He has yet to miss one, knock on wood. Obviously, not the whole game was perfect, but Lester, if you're looking for a signature win after the glow of the San Francisco win has faded, there's really not much that you can look at in this one and not come away from smiling, right? You know, I looked it up when when the game was like midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, this is the most points the Bears have scored since 2020 when they beat the Jags in wow. December. So, you know, it hasn't happened in a long time. So the 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 offense was clicking, and you know, again, hats off to the coaching staff. But man, Justin Fields had an outstanding game. You know, he took the new game plan. This is this. I'm not sure the numbers, but this probably was his most designed runs in any game Easily. in his career. So, you know, that's. I, I still say that's not his game. That's not his forte. He's not Lamar Jackson. That's not his style of play. But when you have a weapon like that, you have it, his speed like that, you've got to use it to stress the defense. Because now when the defense starts thinking about those rollouts are going to be runs, now you pull it, now you throw it, and now it gives you more options in the passing game. Well, you know, Lester, it's funny because now that you mention it, okay, so we have to ask the question, what is a designed run? Right. Is a zone read where Fields pulls the ball a designed run or is it an option run? Obviously, there's yeah. a lot we could pick apart here, but certainly Fields, he had 13 runs in the game. And if I just had to guess going entirely off the top of my head, only four of them were what you would call designed. All the same, they were great replacements for short yardage plays that the Bears have struggled to create earlier in the season. And then the Bears got away from them as soon as they were working because they showed the opponent that they could do it and then didn't need to do it anymore. And that is exciting, honestly, Lester, because I don't want, just like you do, to see Fields take 15 hits a game off yeah. of these kinds of designed runs. Four yards just isn't worth it. But on those designed runs, he got outside the tackle box. He used the blockers that were in front of him. And if memory serves on all four of them, he stepped out of bounds and didn't end up taking a hit. Now, there's a lot we could talk about about Justin Fields. Lester could probably fill up a whole podcast. But if I was going to ask you, almost bare and balanced style, what is the biggest takeaway that you had with Fields today? Did you think that he had as strong a game as it certainly felt like? And if he did, what specifically did you see? In the moment, I feel he did. I mean, I'll go back and watch the game again and find out more for sure. But I thought in the moment, I thought he was smart with the football. 
you know, he had the one interception of, of a tip ball. Um, he's got to clean it up. He had the one time when he was scrambling and he had the ball a little too low. He, he seems to have gotten in some habits every now and again where he carries the ball a little too low. I know that's something he worked on the offseason is holding the ball higher. Um, so I'm sure that's something that they're going to get back to him and they're going to they're really coach that up again because, you know, you've got to have it up there high. It's got to be up, you know, always up closer to your chest, a little tighter. Uh, the one fumble he had when he was running, it was a really fluky thing. He got tripped. He lost his balance. He kind of – the ball hit his knee. He lost it. It, it happens. These things are, are – you're not going to have a perfectly clean game when you're a guy like him trying to get all around the field. But, yeah, I thought it was a, a, a pretty smart game plan all around, and I thought he executed it as smart as he could. Absolutely. And, I mean, Lester, let's talk about the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about nor feels the need to talk about because the Bears won so convincingly. It was another wet day. Fields has relatively small hands. We've seen the impact of what wetness generally does to Fields' ability to control the football. So this wasn't supposed to be his day. A fumble like what you're talking about? Unsurprising. Fields could barely hold on to the football against San Francisco, and doggone it, it it was just about raining that hard again. But Lester, I think now look, this is a very the, the take I'm about to give you is very process over results, right? But I think if there's anything that I was excited about, Lester, Fields took four sacks. Now, technically, at least one of them wasn't a quote a quote unquote real sack, as it was him stepping out of bounds. But Fields took four sacks all of them in the first half. And in the second half, somebody clearly talked to him, whether it was him taking a look at the tablets, whether it was his quarterback's coach getting with him. And I'm sure you saw it, but in the second half, he would take the snap, roll into his spot, throw the ball. If the throw wasn't there, he put it a couple feet over his receiver's head. And you know what? If they didn't catch it, they didn't catch it, and it was second and ten. Fields played on time, didn't take those nine-yard sacks, didn't need to make crazy plays uh, in the pocket that potentially risked even bigger like losses for the offense, and the Bears were able to just keep clicking out drive after drive after drive after drive. When they took three, they took three, they took seven, they took three more. And slowly but surely, the game was out of hand for the New England Patriots. Look, I love dynamic quarterback play. Who doesn't? But Fields has been a little too boom or bust for any offense to consistently function. To see him in that second half take shots, but make sure they were calculated shots. If you don't see Darnell Mooney downfield on an obvious double move where that is the only place you're looking, throw the ball. You don't need to look at your second option. And lo and behold, Lester, just like we saw in that third and nine at the 21-yard line, Sam Mustafer's man was walking him back into Fields' face. And if he hadn't thrown it at that snappy 2.7 second mark, it would have been another sack. And a 38-yard field goal could have been a 47-yard field goal. And that just changes the math a lot. I know boring stuff right Lester it's not points it's not sexy it's not designed runs it's not breaking tackles but all these things that Fields has made look so hard need to become easier for him and I was really excited to see the simple stuff start to look simple here in the second half I enjoy the layups I enjoy a quarterback making a smart play even if that smart play, like you said is a throwaway uh, to me that shows growth in a quarterback if a quarterback still is trying to hold on to the ball too long which Justin Fields still does. I mean, that's that's part of his game, and it may always always be part of his game. But he has to know when to do that, when not to do that. And I think that you know, it's again quarterback growth. We say it all the time. It's not linear. This is something he's learning as he goes. You know, I still feel he'll get there at some point. But the whole point of this thing right now is is he's got to make that decision when it's there. He's got to make check down when it's there. You know, if he like you said, if he has a guy deep, you know, put the ball up only where your your guy can get it. He missed a couple guys uh, tonight. But I think part of that was he was making sure the ball was out there in a place where his guy can go go try and make a play, and it was not in a danger of being intercepted. I thought he was smart with the ball. Overall, man, you, you there's really no complaints about this game. No. You can't you can't look at nothing he did and say, oh, that was a bad decision. You know, I know I know there was one play where he kind of held the ball a little bit, and I, I know he had uh, uh, David Montgomery over, over the middle. He kind of held it, kind of drift a little bit, try to make a play downfield, but. We're talking about a guy that wants to make a big play. He's trying to help his team win. I can't fault him for those. No one is going to make the easy 
smart play every single play. Sometimes you're going to hold those chances, and that's what makes those big plays pop when they do. Oh, sure, Lester, but at the same time, we saw Fields look at at least two reads downfield, then kick to the backside of the formation and spot up ES- or Equinamius St. Brown coming wide open on a crosser yes, for an B. easy first down. Yeah. And a couple plays before that, whew, Lester, I mean, did you see that throw to Cole Komet? Like, number 85, Beautiful. you have my attention. What a ball. I mean, Cole Komet has got the talent. He's got the size. He has he has good enough speed. He just has not been able to show it consistently enough. And that was a nice play. And, you know, I know on, on social media some some fans were cracking on him for thinking he didn't make that catch. But, hey, he, he didn't see the out-of-bounds. He didn't see the sideline there. All you know is he came down. He wasn't sure if his butt got in or not. He wanted to make sure he got his team to the line. That was a smart heads-up play by Cole Komet, you know, forcing the Patriots' hand. And now all of a sudden he's doing that. He's trying to hustle the line. And I'm sure the coaches over there are really hustling and trying to get the, the replays in. You know, I'm not sure if they had a chance to, to look at it or not. It ended up being a good catch. That was a nice play by him. And I thought Cole had a pretty good game blocking as well this week, too. I thought he did. I mean, like you said, Lester, just not a lot to complain about. And you know what? I've been talking about it on Twitter for a little while. It's not like Luke Getze. Whoa, Luke Getze, listen to me. This is not where we're about to go. But it's more that Fields has had a real issue with the quick game. And honestly, the Bears pivoting to exactly the same solution that the Ravens did a little while ago. Lester, when the Bears drafted a pocket passer out of, or out of Ohio State, I did not expect to be sitting here saying that they implemented Greg Roman's solution with Lamar Jackson. But the occasional quarterback run, a little bit more green light for Fields to use his legs, really seemed to help the Bears stay efficient on those early downs and allow Fields to to maintain most of his passing attack in the intermediate and deep areas of the field where I thought he threw the ball relatively well from a play action pers- or from a play action perspective, from deep overs, a couple of the other throws he made. It, nothing outside of that commit throw was outstandingly crazy, but he made a lot of plays where I felt like he was able to because they were able to get the ball out of his hands. And hey, Lester, I loved it when they went empty gun, when Fields was able to see the engage eight blitz that was coming right at him. He was able to get the ball out to Khalil Herbert. And obviously credit to Braxton Jones, credit to Equinamia St. Brown, who ESB by himself, Lester might've already made more successful blocks in just seven games than the entire bears receiving core from 2018 through 2021 under the Nagy era. I mean, he has been such a crisp blocker. I think he might've, he might've so far, far blocked this season better than some tight ends but they were able to open up an easy looking seam for Herbert I don't know Lester if there was any specific play that I could look at from today and say wow the Bears looked particularly good on that particular play they just got way more right than they got wrong and 33 points shows a lot you know they were just the better team well we've seen in so many games this year where Everyone does their job except for one or two guys. Right. And 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 that's all it takes in the NFL. I mean, if you if if you, everyone does their job and then there's a missed block and that's the that's a critical block on the play side, the play's blown up. And you know, tonight, you know, most guys did their job. I was a little concerned when, when Lucas Patrick went out of the game at center, Sam Mustafer came in. Yeah, he had a couple Sam Mustafer like plays, that one goofy play where he was, you know, I don't, I don't know what the hell was going on, where he was kind of wandering around to the sideline and Justin Fields <laughs> took that horrible sack. Uh, but, you know, but for the most part, you know, most guys did their job tonight and it showed up in the running game. I mean, you know, Fields ran good. Montgomery ran good. Herbert ran good. I mean, the Jets sweep to Pettis, you know, that picked up a lot of yards. So the running game was clicking pretty good tonight. And that's a credit to the to the O-line. And it's a credit to the tight ends. And it's a credit to Justin Fields, like we talked about earlier. The threat of him as a runner, that helps pull away some linebacker flow. If you have to worry about Fields keeping it or holding it or, or not, you know, coming back to the, to, the, to the boot side, that's something else to think about. You know, all these things kind of play into a defense's mindset, and it helps create running lanes. And, you know, we saw tonight Montgomery and Herbert, they both had 62 yards. I think they took advantage of what they had. 
And you know what, Lester? Even the mistakes weren't all that bad. I mean, mostly today, if we were going to talk mistakes, just for everybody out there that wants to talk about the things that went wrong, some are going to point to Fields' passing total with 179 yards, and I'd respond he had 82 rushing yards. I mean, normally, you don't see a disparity quite that great. That's a 250 uh, a 250 net game with two touchdowns and an interception, which, by the way, Lester, we aren't talking about an interception that went off somebody's face, something that's connected to somebody's shoulders. It went off of somebody's hands outstretched and in yeah. the same game for crying out loud the bears showed that fields isn't the only one that eats some of these as they picked off Bailey zappy the exact same way i mean not everything's unlucky necessarily but it was an efficient and effective game for the bears offense that dare i say it got just about everything that they wanted and speaking of lester we've got to talk a little bit about the bears defense before we go to break i mean sp- we talked just a minute ago about the bears getting just about everything they wanted this new look Allen Williams defense that Lester I don't know I don't know what happened I don't know what conversations went on between the first four weeks where the Bears were static to the point of being boring so much so that they made life as easy as it'll get for the Vikings in the first three drives of week four to where they are now but we are seeing mug fronts with simulated pressure aggressive blitzing Roquan blitzing with his hair on fire picks rolling safeties disguises what who who talked to Williams? I don't know, but it is a complete new look defense, and it is suffocating. I mean, not only did they clamp down on Mac Jones, but after Bailey Zappi caught a hold of two broken coverages, they clamped down on him too. I mean, is there anybody in particular that sticks out to you, or does this just look like a team unit? Yeah, I mean, it's good. They're playing good team football right now. I think part of it is just we talk a lot about Luke Getz's offensive scheme that offensive players having to come into their own. It was a new scheme on the defensive side of things as well. I mean, these guys were all learning a new scheme. And I think Alan Williams, as a, as a, as a play caller, he hasn't called plays since the Vikings in, I think, 2011, 2012. So he, it was his first time calling plays in a while t- as well. So I think as a whole, as a unit, they're trying to find each other. You know, the, the play caller is trying to find out what he could do best. The players are trying to find out what they could do. And I think at some point along the way, they realized they can't just run this Tampa two-ish style of defense where a lot of it is, you know, gap control, you know, a, a real good zone behind it because, you know, there's still some holes there. These guys aren't still, they don't trust each other. The trust isn't there yet. So I think as Alan Williams realizes what he has, he's got to do a few more things. He has to do, like you said, the mug looks, he has to do some more blitzing and stuff. And, and Roquan Smith is an outstanding blitzer. He has shown that his entire career. Part of it is, is that, that first step quickness. We saw his, his sack tonight. He delayed, he kind of snuck around that kind of loop, and he was still on the quarterback like that. It's part of it is because he's just so fast. So those delays, you don't see him coming on, on offense, and he's then then he's past you. So I mean just Lester, a, a good a good all-around play call right there. And what they're doing as well as a whole, just a good job. Lester, to that end, I can't say it enough. There are so many linebackers in the NFL. To everybody listening. Next time you watch an NFL game, watch for this. You will see it all over the place where linebackers either creep up to the line of scrimmage. They cheat, right? If they're blitzing, you will see them walking up and then they blitz and it tells the offense, hey, I'm coming. Or they blitz from depth, as it's called, Lester, and they don't get anywhere close. Roquan Smith. 58. If there's anything, I have been a borderline Roquan hater. If you even said you're not even borderline, you're just a Roquan hater. Like, I'm telling you, Lester, I don't think there's a single linebacker anywhere near as good at blitzing as Roquan Smith is. Because he can blitz from depth, and he will just blow by the entire offensive line before they've even recognized he's coming. He is probably the single best disguised backer blitzer in the NFL. And I mean, he's got two and a half sacks, basically with two weeks of the green light. I mean, I understand that there are concerns about whether or not he can get off a block, but in this avenue specifically, Lester, there's just nobody better. I mean, I'm not even trying to just be a fan. Like he he takes one step, uh, he takes one step downhill, and you've got offensive linemen. I mean, you saw it last week, Lester. What kind of a linebacker does it take to get offensive linemen in a professional football league falling backwards onto their butt because the one linebacker got between 
between them so quickly that they just can't react fast enough to get a hand on him. I mean, it's it's fun watching him succeed because when he does, he looks like a real real weapon worth 20 million dollars let's let smarter people than us answer that question but a fun football player to watch nevertheless well it's a big game for him i mean it was national tv he had a chance to come out there and show what he could do he had 12 tackles he had a sack he had the interception he had a tackle for loss um you know he had a nice all-around game and he showed the total package of what he is and what he can be in this defense and you know i don't know how how much he'll get paid you know in, in in the market. I don't know if the Bears are want to sign him, you know, before he hits the open market, but I like him as a football player. I think it's a good fit for this defense. It's just a lot of money. I mean, if you have to see what, you know, this is uh, like you said, guys that are paid to make these decisions have to make this decision and you got to see what you can afford, what else you got to bring in. You know, you got a few other guys in here. You have to pay soon as well. So does Roquan come back? Yeah. I think they try and figure something out. I think he's a nice fit. And I think he's just a too talented guy to let walk away. I mean, there's, you know, this homegrown guy. Yeah. He's not their pick, but you know, he's been a bear. He's been a successful bear, a two time second team, all pro probably on his way to a, th- a third all pro type season. I think you got to figure out a way to get Roquan back. And Hey, Lester, as much as we would make fun of it, I have said for years in t- uh, since 2020 that Roquan Smith, you remember the 2020 saints game? where in overtime, Jubreeze threw what should have been a game icing pick six, and Roquan dropped it. He missed it, yeah. It felt like that play was the difference between Roquan making yep. the Pro Bowl that year and not making the Pro Bowl that year, because he didn't end up making it. He was considered a snub. As much as we would laugh about it, Lester, these national TV games are big for those kinds of voting things, and this was a huge game for number 58. I mean, hey, look. If you wanted to be even Snyder, Lester, Ryan Poles has got to be grinning ear to ear because you got to think the phone rings a little bit louder after a linebacker goes out, has a pick, and like a sack, a pick. And did you say forced fumble recovery too? Uh, Tackle for loss. Tackle for loss. That's it. But That's good. Those work. Of course. Absolutely. But all the same, Lester, it was a magical game for the Chicago Bears. Not everything was perfect, but after the break, I do want to ask you a couple pointed questions about a specific area of expertise of yours. Until then, though, Lester, let's let the sponsors get the word in. We will be right back after the break. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we are back with Bear With Me as Lester Wiltfong and I are going through the Chicago Bears game bit by bit. And Lester, we've talked about the grander points. Let's talk about the finer things. Starting with a topic that I think a lot of people are bringing up that, frankly, I'm a bit surprised they are. Number 75, Larry Borum, drew a lot of attention over the last three hours for getting whooped by Matthew Junon. He's been relatively quiet, according to most people on social media, forums, etc., because he has spent a bunch of weeks not matched up against somebody at Judon's caliber since yeah. he got hosed by Rashad Gary. You tell me, Lester, you're a voice that I and many others listen to. What do you honestly think about Larry Borum? What should be our expectations? Is this a game that you look at from an offensive line standpoint and say, I expect him to get beat? Or do you think that this is a performance you're a little disappointed in? We're talking about a three-time Pro Bowler in Judon who just had a hell of a game. I mean, he's going to have these games, and Borum's a second-year player. 
he struggled at times this season. He's been he's been okay. I mean, he's he's nothing special. I still thought he was going to come in the year as your swing tackle, but the fact that Larry Borm struggled against a player of that caliber, I'm not surprised at all. Um, you have Braxton Jones, rookie on, on the left side. So if you're the Bears, who do you help? You can't help both all the time. So you have to pick and choose what you're going to do. So, you know, the Bears didn't help Borm quite as much as they probably should have in hindsight. I'm sure when they go back and watch the film, they probably – We'll, we'll say, yeah, we should help him a few times here and there. But Judon's going to get his, man. I mean, you can't shut him out. He, he's a, a talented player. Like I said, he's a three-time pro bowler. You know, he is that guy on that defense, and that's what he's paid to do. He's paid to get for the quarterback. He had 12 and a half sacks, you know, last season. Uh, he's He had six before this game, you know, this season. So, you know, he had two and a half games or two and a half sacks against uh, probably mostly working against Borum this, this game tonight. He's going to get his. Uh, Borm's fine. I, I still am not quite sure he's your long-term solution at right tackle for the Bears, but he's the guy this year. They're not going to put Reef in there. I mean, if they were going to put Reef in there, they would have done it yes. during this during this mini buy. If they were going to make a change, I mean, Lester, so I don't, I don't think it's coming. Lester, I remember a specific game uh, two years ago uh, when Charles Leno was still a Bear, where they played the Carolina Panthers. Right. And number 72, well, I, I'm gonna, I need to use Charles Leno. Stop laughing at me. I need to use <laughs> as an example here, okay? I got you. Because Leno took all of the hate in the world for getting beat by really good players. But whenever Carolina matched somebody up across from him that wasn't Brian Burns, Leno smoked the matchup, yep. looked dramatically better than the guy across from him. I think Borum is going to be fairly similar where it's not that I think Borum is bad. It's just that I think when Borum faces a Miles Garrett or a Nick Bosa or a Rashad Gary or somebody for like better word, Lester, good, he's yeah. going to get wrecked. But when he's not facing guys of that caliber, it'll look much better. So next week against Micah Parsons, yeah, fade him. He's not going to play well. And a lot of people are probably going to call for his replacement for that exact reason. But you know what? If anything, Lester, I am impressed with how well Borum is taking care of business against guys lesser than him. That's the tackle you're looking for when you do find, hey, a low-end starter or a high-end swing. Because when you need, like, the Bears have enough injuries right now at interior offensive line. It is very obvious the need for depth players on the offensive line. And I am not going to passionately defend Borum as some kind of superstar that needs to remain in a starting position. But I do think offensive linemen don't grow on trees. Ask Joe Burrow, ask Justin Herbert, ask Justin Fields, frankly. And guys like Borum that can take care of business as opposed to guys like Sam Mustafer, who are taking the whole the most important ability is availability thing a bit further than I would like as he sometimes seems to be getting all of his opportunities through. We benched him. Oh, no. No, we got to put him back in now. But it's interesting talking about Borum and even Jones specifically this season as they take their lumps, if only because I don't think I expected them to play much better than this. It's easy to forget so many of these pass rushers are minimum first-rounders, often top 10 picks, you know? Well, that's the premier position on defense is the pass rusher. I mean, that's that's who who gets the big bucks. That's who your your high draft picks are. Get after the quarterback. It's a it's a quarterback driven league. So what do you do? You get guys that can that can get after the quarterback. So that's what you're doing on defense. So Judon's that guy. And you know the Bears gave up the four sacks in, in the first half. And you know I, I know at least at least two of those I'm gonna probably when I do sack watch I'm I'm not gonna put on Borum. I know there was one the one where he was kind of running around and then he had Sam Musk for opening the flat there. I don't know what that, what that play was, <laughs> but 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 that's a play he has to throw away. And then you mentioned the other one where he ran out of bounds. Again, that's a that's a sack on him. That's going to be his responsibility. Um, I'm not sure how many Borum's going to give up, but watching it live, I was not happy with the overall pass pro from Borum. But in the second half, it was a little cleaner. So whatever they did in the second half, part of it was the run game. I mean, if you're running the ball good and you're just pounding a defense, you know that slows down the ability to rush the passer. You always say you have to earn the ability to rush the passer. If the Bears can run the ball like this, then I'm not going to say they're going to beat the Cowboys. I'm saying they're going to slow down some of their chances to rush the rush the quarterback. If that's what you want to do, you want to slow the game down, you want to make them earn the rights, and if they can run the ball against the Cowboys, slow down Micah Parsons, that's probably the best way to go. Plus, 
let's give Borum some help because Parsons is pretty damn good. I mean, if there's any struggle, Lester, right now that the Bears have is that they only got one running back. I mean, two, I guess, sometimes. They were trotting out a lot more 21 personnel than I've seen in a while. But they've only got one running back usually, and next week they got two offensive tackles that could use all the help that they could possibly get. Not to mention, Lester, there's that whole question about whether or not Borum or Jones like it when people chip for them. As Jones gave up a particularly nasty sack last week, I know you saw it, off of a Dante Pettis chip that pushed his man straight inside. It's it's always interesting watching the way pass pro works out, but flipping things to the other side of the ball, Lester, this is now two weeks in a row where I feel as if the defense has looked markedly better with the return of number 33, Jalen Johnson, who I want to just take this opportunity to give flowers to because it's not necessarily that uh, Devontae Parker didn't make his plays. I know he did, but Jalen Johnson's just presence alone on the defense seems to be such a boon over what the Bears dealt with putting Jalen Jones against Justin Jefferson. It's hard not to look at what he's done with Terry McLaurin and now Devontae Parker at as one of the reasons the Bears are able to put the screws to the opposing quarterbacks like they have over the last two weeks. Will that work against C.D. Lamb? We're going to find out one week at a time, but Jalen Johnson is a for real CB1, and it's been really cool watching him ascend. You know, we talked a little bit about the the lull the Bears' defense had there for a while. Maybe that had something to do with, with you know, they're missing Johnson. I mean, he, he's a, a premier cornerback. He's clearly the, be- the Bears' best corner. Clearly. Clearly. So the fact that he missed a few games there, and like you said, they were having a guy like like Jalen Jones, you know, out there. Uh, Josh Blackwell was getting reps out there. They had guys that you don't really want to see playing. And then plus it forced Kyler Gordon to kind of doing some more different things. You know, Kendall Builder's been okay this season, but, you know, missing, you know, the, the CB1, you know, th- that hurt him. And now he's back and he's playing good football. And, yeah, that, that Parker catch was outstanding. You know, like we always stand, those guys get paid to make plays. We always talk about it. They're going to make some nice ones. That was a hell of a catch he made. It happens. And, uh, you know, luckily the Bears were able to overcome that. Absolutely. I, I mean, for crying out loud, the whole goal of the game is to make sure that you're not giving up anything easy. Jalen is not giving up anything easy. And hey, we got to give flowers to number nine, Jaquan Brisker as well, uh, Lester. Uh, on the All-22, I got to be honest with you. If I was grading, whether it was – okay, so in hockey, I always talk about this, right? At the end of most amazing saves is a poor shot where the shot gives the goalie a chance to make a play. I don't know what McCorkle Jones was doing trying to throw that cover two hole shot with the like what with a very, very lofty ball to get it in that hole. But all the same, a sweet one-handed interception is always sweet what did you think of brisker's day or at the very least brisker's pick i mean that pick came what three or four plays after he got kicked in the in the private so i mean that was a hell, that was a great comeback from him and did you see that slide by mac jones that was uh that's one of those uh bizarre borderline dirty i mean when you watch the replay you're like yeah he, he did that on purpose that's something maybe he picked up through the years you know kind of watching some other of those those patriot quarterbacks do the same kind of thing i think tom brady was known for that a little bit so yeah that was kind of uh that was kind of dirty um i'm not sure what happened with the nfl when they go back and watch that film but yeah that you can't do that when you're sliding you know put your foot down you know you know what you're doing and then the fact that he had to leave the game and then come back in and got his revenge, so to speak, that was beautiful. But how about both rookies, man? Both rookies got a pick. You know, it's a hell of a, of a Monday night for both those guys. Those second-round picks have been in, 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 the, in the news, so to speak, and in social, social media talk a lot this week because, you know, the Bears took those two defensive backs when they had other needs they could have addressed. But, you know, those guys are playing good football right now. Apparently, both DBs decided that they were perfectly capable of catching the football, just like aptly named receivers, and decided to show it this week. I mean, all... All jokes aside, I feel like Kyler Gordon has been flashing athletically for the last three weeks now. It's just a matter of can he play in the right place? I mean, he is a guy who the best thing you could say about him, Lester, is he looks like an absolute superstar pickup football player that has only just been taught the defense. So mentally, he is all over the place at times, but he's competitive. And most importantly, I mean, I think he moves like one of the best players on the football field he's just a bit diminutive that said wow that interception was super fun 
all the same. I'm almost shocked he wasn't able to take it back all the way, but I guess that's what happens when a fast player picks the ball off in front of one of the fastest players in the yeah. NFL. So credit to Gordon for getting all the way down the field. Oh, and while we're on the subject, would you have wanted to needle Bill Belichick a little bit more and go for the points there at the end, or did you think it was classy? Did you stand up and applaud when Matt Eberflus called a kneel down on fourth and two from wherever, the goal line? You know, I think you're going up against the arguably greatest coach of all time. I think that's kind of what you do there. You just kind of take the knee. I think that's probably the best thing. You saw after the game, you know, the two coaches had a nice long embrace, and it looked like Belichick had a, had a few nice words for Eberflus. I wonder if that was something that was said during that that moment they shared there because it would have been nice to kind of, you know, have a, 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 a big touchdown to really, you know, make that uh, 40 points pop. But, man, that's okay. You know, take the knee. You know, it, you gain nothing from taking a knee but if you if you go for it and you rub it in you know now you have the wrath of bill belichick coming for you the next time you guys face each other so so let's just play it smart you know that it wouldn't have done nothing except for just pad someone's stats i am a goober and i want you wanted those stats i know you do but you probably like you wanted justin field to throw it in there and get a nice touchdown of course of course i did i would have Perfect. I, I would have been perfectly yeah. fine with it. A pick six the other way for all I yeah. care, but all the same. Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of play uh, Lester where I feel like you're sitting there, you're watching a football game. I mean, this is as full disclosure as it gets, right? Lester, you're watching a football game. You're riding the high off of what feels like a game ceiling pick. Uh, it's 10 PM on a Monday night. You have work the next day. And you just want to see that one more exciting play. Right. Even if it is just a little lob in the end zone, I could care less. Right. But all the same, what a nice win for the Bears on a rainy day in Foxborough. They walked into a place where very rarely does anybody win. What are your final thoughts on the game? Honestly, Lester, you can go any direction with this. Are you sad that they won like some no. tank artists are? Are you excited that they won for a specific reason? What do you think is next for the team? Where is your head? at yeah i think the most important thing now is they build off this momentum i mean it's nice getting a win here on the road in foxborough you know it's a game they were uh i think they were eight and a half point underdogs going into dallas next week i think they're last i saw they were 10 point underdogs you know so build on this momentum you know let's see if the offense can kind of do do it a bit a little bit because man the offense against the commanders was pitiful you know 400 yards, the, pitiful, but yes, pitiful. Yeah, but in, in the red zone, they turtled. I mean, it just looked horrible. The play calling kind of got weird. I thought this was probably Luke Getz's best uh, best called game so far as, as, a, as a coordinator. And again, we're talking about a, a first-time play caller this year as well, so he's learning on the job. So let's see these guys learn and grow from this. Let's see him build on this. And, and, you know, I'm not expecting a win against the Cowboys, but let's see some more competent offense, some more uh, tough – hits philosophy style defense and, and i'll be happy man i'll tell you what i think there's nothing more complicated than judging play calling because to use an example so fields has done a great job timing up a lot of those jet sweep plays because in, in yeah. case you don't know not you lester but somebody out else out there what makes those end around plays work is that you have to consistently time the snap for your normal handoffs and your normal pitches to where it doesn't look different to the defense when you take the snap and you give it to the guy coming across and there's a window you got to be like you can be close enough but that's something you got to do and the bears were able to pull it off but lester it's really easy talking about play calling to look at a lot of the things in washington that didn't work and say those are obviously bad play calls because the bears didn't make them work and then look at things that happened in this game and say those were obviously good play calls because duh they worked they but worked, little things yeah. like the going empty and kicking a screen out uh just like fields did understanding what his hot route was nice job honestly way to go if anything i think that uh i think the most important takeaway from this evening was the following the bears won and why does that matter? Well, Lester, I've been doing a lot of dwelling on this because as the Bears lost an emphatic game to a team that may, I mean, I, I would have told you, Lester, that they may not win in a single other game, talking about the Commanders, and then they came out and beat the Packers. Woo-hoo. But I keep finding myself dwelling on the Los Angeles Chargers, who, ironically enough, just lost to make my point a little clearer because they are the nerd's dream. 
Lester. They got a young quarterback. That young quarterback showed he was a boss. And they only went 3-13 and 13 in that season. They came back the season after that, and oh, would you believe it? Whoa, whoa, whoa. They disappointed. They underperformed. Why? Now, look. If you ask Kyle Shanahan the most important thing in football, he will tell you the most meatball answer possible. You just got to be more physical than the guys across from you. And I wonder, Lester, is there some truth to the idea that you can't win without first building a winning culture? I know there are a lot of fans, myself included, especially over the last week, that couldn't help but think about just how much of a haul the Bears could get to trade down if somehow they lost all their games and ended up picking up number two, right? But if they had lost literally every single one of their football games, they'd gotten doormatted by the Patriots, doormatted by the Cowboys, doormatted by the Bills. How does that team pick itself up next year and do anything meaningful? The Lions were the number one uh, offense in the NFL for five weeks, and they were one and four in that stretch because their team is the like they're just accustomed to being the Lions, and the Lions <laughs> lose football games. I mean, Lester, you laugh like I made a joke, but it's oh no, yeah, it's true. Yeah, like the I I it football can be such a complicated game, and yet winning teams win and losing teams lose, right? And so here in the first year of a regime, I think wins like this, marching into young quarterback kill zone that is Foxborough and coming out with not just a win, right? This isn't a Texans win where the Bears ran for 281 yards and overcame a quarterback that seemed dead set on losing as much as I love Justin Fields. This was a game where quarterback, running back, offensive line, even going through a Lucas Patrick, uh, like uh, a Lucas Patrick injury that may be a problem going forward. Receivers that weren't particularly good. Like you could see whatever you want about the Bears offense and it was still an emphatic victory. Does that mean they're going to win out? Lester, I don't know. <laughs> Does that mean they're going to beat the Lions? I still don't know. They could lose every game on their schedule from here. I don't know. But I would have said the same thing about tonight's game, and they not only won, but they won emphatically. I, for one, am really excited to see what comes up next because I didn't love the Iberflus hire because, obviously, like I wanted Brian Dable, and I'm not going to be a stick in the mud about whether he was my guy or not. This is the kind of win you look at and you say it wasn't just Justin Fields magic because the defense played too well for that. They let two blown coverages by them against Bailey Zappi and then they tightened the screws and locked that guy that kid down just like his name was Mac Jones. They picked up on exactly what the Patriots were doing and just screwed him down both. It was awesome. I mean, nothing but good things to say about the coaching in this one, which is really exciting. I mean, Lester how long has it been since the Bears got extra time before a game and they actually looked better for it? Oh, that's right? a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the Matt Nagy era, they think they lost out of every either buy or or mini buy, so to speak. They lost all the time, so it was nice to see this happen here. Right. I mean, I'm by no means saying, Lester, that like this is a season ch- – well, actually, that's not fair. This is a season-changing win. Just like how last week felt like a season-changing loss. It's the NFL. We don't play 162 games, right? We have to be super react. We have to basically act like every single football game is the equivalent of 10 baseball games packed into three hours. It's volatile, and a lot changes every single snap. But I got to say, this was not just a fun game, but a game that definitely casts some side-eye on, hey, can the Bears steal one from the Vikings or from the Vikings? Do you think that this Bears team that we saw tonight matches up well against a Packers team that seems to be getting worse by the week? I don't see why it wouldn't. A Lions team that is becoming rudderless as that number one offense in the NFL scored six points against the Dallas defense, who's super good. But where did the octane go? It's it's got me, I don't want to say believing, because it's not like I'm thinking playoffs. But this is the kind of win, Lester, that makes you say, okay, hey, maybe we have something. And if the Bears are going to win their way down to picking like 11th or something like that, these are exactly the wins that I think you want to see because they're the kinds of wins that make you think you're winning for a reason instead of just beating a team that's worse than you by the skin of their teeth, right? Well, this kind of goes back to what we talked about on the pre-show a little bit. You know, coaches and players don't tank. There is no tank in, in their vocabulary. They want to win every game, and and there is no better thing to change the culture of a franchise 
than getting wins. You know, you you don't change the culture, the mentality of a team by of a team by losing. You know, these wins matter in the big picture. I know as a lot of fans, they'd rather have that, that nice draft pick. But like you said, if you lose out and you just look horrible all the way down, you know, going to the end of the season and you pick, you know, top two, top three, you know, what do you have coming back next season? You got a bunch of losers on your team. Right. You know what I mean? You have to learn how to win some of these games. And I'm not like, like you, I'm not expecting playoffs, but a few more nice wins you know as the season progresses will help to to show these guys hey we can do it we can pull these big games out on prime time we can go to foxborough and beat a, a patriot team when we're favored to lose by eight and a half points you know we can pull these out we can be physical at the line of scrimmage we can we can you know bully the ball in for touchdowns when, when we have to this shows it this shows the culture is there and it's it's not it's not sexy right now i mean it's not you know it's not beautiful football to watch from a from a from a modern nfl standpoint but it's it's a winning football and this kind of goes back to how the the bears were coaching earlier in the season we we want to see you know more, more throws we want to see more more wide open offense but they were coaching because that's how they felt they had to coach to win and if that's what's going to happen if they're going to pull out a few of these dubs on on the way i think that's the best thing for the franchise and lester it's also worth mentioning that not everybody out there that is a Bears fan is Jeff Burkus. Jeff Burkus basically won't miss an NFL football game, and there are a lot of people out there that just watch the Bears. I would I would call, or I would encourage everybody who just watches the Bears to either watch another good or watch another football game or go look at passing statistics right now because offense is lower than it's ever or than yeah. it's been since 2009. I also want a bunch of wide open offense, but really watching, I mean, the Seahawks are high octane, the Chiefs are high octane, the Bills are high octane, and that might just about round the list out. There are a bunch of other teams that could score really quickly, uh like the Eagles can, but they're not exploding down the field so much as they're churning and you're seeing a lot more yes i know lester you're already thinking the joke about how the nfl is cyclical but yes running the ball is getting that much more efficient as every single week goes on i forgot to mention the dolphins they're crazy explosive i love watching them but the point is is that i also want to see passing like it's 2020 watching that crazy chiefs rams game that seemed to go on forever with points up and down the field but we aren't seeing any of those games anymore it's not just the bears if anything 33 points will almost assuredly raise the bears scoring average to where shockingly enough lester this bears team should be probably 25th in scoring when when everything's said and done at the end of this week and so i don't want to sit here and act like Luke Getzey's just the greatest, right? We're seven games in to a first-year play caller. Going to take some lumps, playing with some <laughs> pretty poor offensive line, even on their best days, right? Uh, a receiver group that is limited at the very least. But games like this make you feel like somebody like Justin Fields, to use an example, Lester, how does he pick himself up? After almost seeing his season end multiple times against Washington, if he had gotten cranked against the Patriots, then went into Dallas and got destroyed, right? What What is at the end of the tunnel that's worth it? What drives him to keep his habits pure when play like that isn't working? It's not successful. It's not winning games, right? A game like this, I think, does a lot. I think it can be a really a real centralizing force for the Bears as they go forward. Where again, I mean, Lester, <laughs> it's not just the Bears. There is nobody that can keep up with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and they got to play both of those guys in two weeks. There is nobody blocking Micah Parsons and De- uh, Demarcus Lawrence. They got to play them the week after this. Like, it's not an easy schedule. But at the same time, I had no expectations for this one. And suddenly, I'm really, really excited to see just what they can come up with. I don't know. Very upbeat. Because the best part is, Lester, win, lose, or tie. If they can keep looking just spunky and plucky and creative and willing to find a way to see what they can generate... I will take all the losses, wins, or whatever else in the world, and we could just sit back and watch a young quarterback and a young team develop. This was a lot of fun. 
this is what we wanted, right? We want to see our the young guys develop. We want to see Justin Fields of, of all develop. We want to see Jack Braxton Jones, you know, uh, Tevin Jenkins. You know, we want to see these guys develop. I, I want to see them win, of course, but if they're playing good competitive football, you know, that's that's what ultimately matters. Then if you get a couple wins like this, then I think you call this a successful season. Mm-hmm. We said it earlier, but the difference between three and thirteen and upwards of seven and ten was always going to be Justin Fields. This was a game. Okay, we said a while ago. We've we've talked on this show before, Lesser. And yes, I get it. It's sensationalist. It's overreactive. It's hyperbolic. But which of the games would Trevor Simeon have potentially played better in? I think the Patriots destroy. Trevor Simeon yeah, on a night yeah. like tonight and Fields was I, so there are going to be some that are going to say Fields wasn't the whole difference right but Fields's legs took a defender or two out of every single play this was a classic Lamar Jackson style victory where the quarterback's ability to create pressure on a defense that's just not set up to play quarterbacks like him was able to Jimmy loose all sorts of seams and cracks in the offense or in the defense that they just did not know was coming fun fun to watch especially if they can find a way to build a passing attack off of this which it's going to take some time lester i mean they can't go necessarily screen or deep shot forever but if they can keep up exactly what they got here and use enough of the designed runs to keep defenses off balance without necessarily risking field's health i think they may be able to find something and that would be awfully fun but all the same, Lester, we will have a lot more to say about this tomorrow. You mentioned this right before the show. We got Bears over, or we got Bear Imbalance coming at you tomorrow, Tuesday, 6 p.m. And then you stay on the YouTube channel because at 8 p.m. I'll be live with whatever All-22 that I've watched at the time. We'll play it fast. We'll play it loose. And we'll have a great evening of Bears analysis. Lester, anything else coming up you want the people to know about? Uh, it's a condensed week. I mean, last week we had an extra long week. This week's condensed week with the game on Monday night. So a lot of the stuff on the channel, we kind of kind of up in the air. Um, I know Bears in the Beer is usually a Wednesday thing, but I think we had a couple guys traveling. I'm not sure what, how that's going to go. But, you know, on, as far as the, the, the podcast channel, we got Bear and Balanced, uh, Bears Banter, Bill Zimmerman, Making Monsters with Taylor and Dylan's coming up as well. 10-minute drills coming up. That's also going to be on the YouTube channel. And, of course, on the site, we'll have Sack Watch coming up. We'll have, you know, Jeff's 10 Thoughts. It's Everything's packed. Every day there's something fresh and new on Windy City Gridiron, so make sure you guys check us out there here on Second City Gridiron YouTube channel and, of course, on the podcast channel as well. And speaking of, Lester, uh, when you talk about new things, hey, if you're interested in a preview stream about just something, probably not five hours, obviously, but an all-22-based breakdown-style stream about what the bear, or the opponent that the Bears are playing, what potential cracks that the Bears could try to, uh, to act on, let me know what time works for you between Thursday or Friday, whether that's afternoon or evening. Just let me know, because I know that Thursday night football is obviously competitive, but I want to figure out what works best for you guys so that we can figure or so that we can potentially add something else to the calendar but hey lester a lot of stuff on the or on the site we're obviously excited this kind of win does a lot for bears fan spirits so certainly us content creators are juiced about it and until next time bears fans bear down and thanks so much for bearing with me More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.